your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by our Wednesday host today, Aaron Hook, the legendary Aaron Hook, that is. Uh, it's just us for today. Uh, we, we actually are going to do a shorter episode today due to some other things at the station, but we'll try to get as much content as we can in about a half hour or so. All right, so we're going to do the NFL up first. We'll talk about our Week 14 reactions and get into some Monday night football previews, and then we'll go to the NBA and, of course, wrap everything up with our top five. We'll keep you uh, in suspense about the topic of that. Uh, for now, so let's start off with the NFL. So let's so week fourteen. Somehow it's uh, week fourteen already. Um, obviously Monday Night Football will wrap that up. So let's talk about the Eagles. So the Eagles absolutely destroyed the Giants yesterday at the Meadowlands. It was a forty-eight twenty-two um, decision over in New Jersey. Yes, it's New Jersey for all of you uh, Giants and well, Aaron's a Jets fan, but whatever. Um, so it was a massacre for the Giants yesterday, and the Giants now fall to 7-5-1. and The Eagles are 12-1 and on the season, still have the best record in the NFL. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, proved his M- MVP case is legit. Uh, Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown went over 1,000 yards in rushing and receiving, respectively. Jalen Hurts, first quarterback to rush for 10-plus touchdowns in consecutive seasons. The stats just go on and on. Uh, Aaron, I'll go to you. What have you seen from this Eagles team recently? Um, I know yesterday the the haters will say, well, it was the Giants. But, I mean, the Giants have a winning record this Mm -hmm. year. So what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, the Giants are no slouch. um, But I I think – this is kind of like a prime example of the talent gap between them and most teams in the league, to be honest, Larry. They, you could argue the Giants, especially on offense, they probably have a bottom five roster in the NFL, and yet they've been competitive this year. I mean, this was a team that started six and one. Um, so, you know, for them now to be at seven, five, and one, uh, obviously um, – you know their season is now not as I guess safe as as it was because now they're hanging on to um, I guess that final wild card spot in the NFC with Seattle right behind them. The Lions keep winning um, Lions and the Jets this weekend, so that's a big game for both playoff races in the AFC and NFC. Uh, but yeah, I think this was like just again the prime example of the Giants who have had a nice season. Very well coached, and Brian Dayball and his guys have made the most of what they have. 
Uh, Saquon's having a nice bounce back year, although he has slowed down recently. And the Eagles are, are just, they're just the most talented roster in the, in the NFL. And the Giants uh, are very far from that. So I think this was just a case of the Eagles being by far the better team and, and handling business and continuing to show why, um, as of right now, I, I think they're the uh, the clear favorite um, to come out of the NFC with Dallas struggling against the Texans. Yeah, that's a good point, um, a good segue, actually. Um, obviously, the Eagles beat down the Giants yesterday on the road. You know, the Cowboys almost lost to the Texans at home. The Texans... Um, for those of you that might not be aware, the Texans are one eleven and one, and they're on an eight-game losing streak. Yeah, they're um, in what we call uh, the pursuit for Bryce Young. That's basically where they're at as a franchise. They right are now. basically like openly tanking. Lovey Smith was basically brought in as a stopgap, I guess, because th- you remember they were ready to hire Jonathan Gannon yeah. too, but they're like, hey, let, no, 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 no. Let's let's go, Lovey. <laughs> let's go the safe option with Lovey Smith. Um, yeah, so Dallas struggled with the Texans, and I know people are going to bring up, well, the Eagles struggled with the Colts. That was a road win, number one. Number two, the Colts are you know a little bit better than the Texans, and you know the Eagles beat the Texans too. So I mean, mm-hmm. and that was a road game on Thursday night football. So you know Dallas, it's not like they're perfect or anything either. The Eagles have had some flaws. Obviously, you had to lose one eventually, but. Um, Eagles, and if the Eagles aren't like the top team on anybody's like um, power rankings, you're just a hater. At this I, point. I still think the Christmas Eve game is, is oh is, yeah is going to be tell all right yeah. because if the Cowboys do come out, Larry, and win that game, then it gets pretty interesting. The and, Eagles could wrap up the division by then too, right? Well, it's yes, they could, but if they fail to do that and Dallas wins that game, then it becomes super interesting because. With how good the Eagles have been, the Cowboys are still only two games out of first place, which is pretty crazy. So yeah, this uh, that Christmas Eve game against Dallas is looking to be a um, pretty much deciding who. If the Eagles win, it's over. The number one seed is there, and that's in much. Philly or in Dallas. In Dallas, okay, on Christmas Eve, which is a Saturday. Um, yeah, the Eagles, if they win that, their last two games are at home against the Saints and the Giants. So I mean, yeah. it's it's pretty much over if they win, right? That. Uh, so just some other stats. So the Eagles' next game is next Sunday at the Bears. That's the second game of their three-game road trip. An interesting little um, quirk in the scheduling there. The Giants' next game is on Sunday night football at the Commanders. So the last time these two faced off, which was last week, it ended in a tie. Uh, the Giants were the host for that game. So the Commanders and the Giants are both 7-5-1, and one, so whoever wins that game is going to stay in third place, and the other one will be knocked down to fourth place. Unless we have a tie again. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, right now in the box score, technically the Commanders have the third uh, third spot in the NFC East, but, you know. Well, yeah. Tie it depends breaker. on, like, conference records and stuff. Right. So. Um, yeah, so the Eagles looking really good, and the Giants just trying to get a win. They've been struggling in recent weeks. So moving on to another game that was interesting. So the Chiefs almost lost to the Broncos yesterday. I mean, it was getting pretty close at the end, but the Chiefs did their um, – the Chiefs got uh, took care of business in Denver. And how about this, Aaron? The Broncos are now the third team in the NFL this season to be officially eliminated – from the NFL playoffs. Ain't that something? Last week, the Bears and the Texans uh, were axed, and now the Denver Broncos, you know, the 3-10 and 10 Denver Broncos 
are gone for the playoffs this year. So the last few games really don't mean anything. Uh, it was a Chiefs win yesterday uh, in Denver, 34-28. Russell Wilson had three touchdowns and a pick. The Broncos' next game is at home against the Cardinals. The Chiefs uh, now travel to Houston to take on the Texans. That's a free win for them. Aaron, did you expect the Broncos to win the AFC West this year, or did you at least have them like battling it out with Kansas City? Like, What has gone wrong for Denver? Well, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember what I may have said on previous episodes of Offsides. So I don't want to contradict myself, but going into the year, I'm almost 100% sure that, you know, when I looked at this game on the schedule, Larry, I was thinking there would be some playoff implications or at least some divisional implications. And I think most people thought that. Um, I thought Denver would probably be a playoff team this year. I mean, you would figure that at least one of the teams in the AFC West would miss the playoffs. I'm talking before the season, obviously. Yeah. Um, but there was the possibility, and I think we discussed it, that all four teams could make the playoffs. And you're seeing that now with the NFC East, uh, the AFC East as well, that, that may be the case, uh, although the Patriots tonight, that'll really kind of be their season if they lose, I think, because then they'll be a couple games out. And they're, I think, for my money, they're the worst team in that division. But still, <laughs> you've got all five teams, 500 or better, Patriots still competing for a playoff spot. And that's what we thought the AFC West would be at this point. Um, but Denver is just, you know, I'll give them credit. Yesterday they they battled back. They were down twenty seven nothing at one point. Yeah. Um, and the Chiefs looked like they were just gonna run away with it. It wasn't even gonna be a game. It was twenty seven nothing before halftime. Another Mahomes highlight. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, okay, this game's over. Like everybody expected it to be before halftime. But uh, Russell Wilson played probably, I'd say, his best game of the year yesterday, or. or you know, up there for sure. The three touchdowns almost leads to come back. Uh, he did get hurt towards the end of the game. So, uh, Brett Rippin, I, I think got in and, uh, took over for a little bit, but yeah, I mean the defense there in Denver is not the issue. It's just the offense. And I think it all starts with Nathaniel Hackett. I think it was a pretty terrible hire and it, it's turned out to really, um, Push Denver back, I think, because now they've got to go out and, and look for another head coach this offseason. And with Russell Wilson only getting older and him still being very, very expensive, uh, you don't exactly have time to, you know, waste, really. You don't have time to bring in an inexperienced guy. You've got to make the hire this offseason that yeah. can catapult you to the level of a Chargers Um you know, I don't think you're getting to Kansas City's level. Denver does have a very talented roster, but you know, again, I mean, if you can just get to a spot where you're competing for a playoff spot, obviously it's a, a big improvement over this year where just about everything has gone wrong. Yeah, that's that's a good point there. Everything pretty much has gone wrong for the Broncos ever since that first game in Seattle. We all thought, oh, yeah. a Russell Wilson return game and. Uh, we saw Nathaniel Hackett on Monday Night Football, and we're like, buddy, what are you doing? Call a, call a timeout, bro. Mm. And that was kind of like the first little crumblings of the season. You know, you hire a timeout guy just so you don't, you know, so you, like if you're hiring a guy purely for clock purposes, you know that you're a terrible coach at this point. Um, you know, we see with Josh McDaniels, ironically, with Denver. So I don't know what's going on with um, the Broncos. Their last couple games, so they host the Cardinals, 
Christmas Day goodie. As we open our presents, we get to watch the Broncos at the Rams. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, that'll be fun. Broncos at Chiefs, and then the Chargers visit Denver in the season finale, which pretty much is going to be like a who cares game. Yeah, their offense is just, I mean. Putrid. It's just, it's the worst in the league, I think, statistically. I think they're last in points per game, down near the bottom in total yards. I mean, it's just been, yeah. I mean, the offense is just nowhere to be found. And again, they they did play well yesterday. Um, got more guys involved. Jerry Judy, pretty solid outing, uh, had the touchdown catch. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, on a week-to-week basis, we can see flashes. But for the most part, it's been a total disappointment uh, on offense for them. And obviously losing Javante Williams early in the year hurts. Uh, great young player, but no excuse for them to be this bad. No, I think yeah, I think Hackett's a one and done. They were talking yeah. about the whole um, thing with Lon- when they went to London a few weeks ago. They were like, "Well, if the Broncos lose, Hackett's gone." But fortunately for them, they won that game, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's it's not been a great season for Denver, and they're under new ownership, so I know the owners probably aren't too thrilled about that. So we'll see what happens uh, when the Broncos take on the Cardinals next week. And then another game that was interesting yesterday, Sunday Night Football uh, had some uh, a lot of people on Twitter getting fired up. So we had the Dolphins at the Chargers yesterday on Sunday Night Football in Los Angeles. Tua Tungavailoa and Justin Herbert, um, two quarterbacks that were taken back-to-back picks in 2020 in the early first round. Um, a lot of people were saying, no, Tua's better. No, Justin Herbert's better. Uh, Tua looked pretty bad yesterday. Um there was, a, there was a point in the game. He was like 3 for 18 passing. It was pretty awful. Uh, ten, he finished 10 for 28 passing, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Herbert attempted 51 passes. He had over 350 yards passing and a touchdown. Uh, can I just say, Aaron, Tyreek Hill, he's him. I will just say that. Yes, he is. <laughs> I, the race for offensive player of the year is going to be fascinating. Between him and Jefferson. Him and, him and Justin Jefferson. That's a tough one. I, I've I've said, I think, before on offsides, either on offsides or third and long, um, this was probably a good month or so ago, maybe even more. I was saying Tyree Taylor is my pick for Offensive Player of the Year. Um, but? But I, it's hard not to give it to Justin Jefferson, man. So, uh. you know, like, and the thing is, uh, actually, you know, last night it was funny. I was rooting for the Dolphins, which you wouldn't expect out of the Jet fan because – the Chargers uh, now just overtook us for that final wild card spot, so I really needed uh, them to lose. Okay, you know because like you could say, oh well, you still have a shot at the division. I think after we lost to the Bills yesterday, I think the division is gone. I think two weeks ago you could have told me um, that the Jets were still in it to win the East, but I I think now we're really kind of just battling to get in, and so uh, I'm rooting for uh, some wild card shakeup here. And I thought last night the Dolphins could help us out, but. Justin Herbert, man. Um, you know, the conversation about who's better, him or Tua, I, I think it's pretty clearly Herbert. I think Tua has, in in spots this year, been really good. And I'll give him his his, his you know his flowers here. Uh, Tua has impressed me a lot this year. And the offense that he's in, he executes it really well. And he's been good. He, he has. It, Tua has been very good this year um, for, the, for the most part. But I think Herbert is just... He's like an alien, dude. He's like Josh, he's like he's Josh Allen level, really. With 
his size and his his arm, it, it's pretty crazy. So hopefully they can get a um, a nice core around him so he doesn't just turn into a five hundred. Yeah. And also every really year. quick, I saw some stat uh, about yards per separation uh, on receivers. Oh yeah, and I saw the Chargers secondary was just given Waddle um, and Tyreek Hill like virtually no room to breathe. So did a great job defensively um, against that offense of Miami, which we know Larry is a lot of quick underneath stuff for their playmakers. Chargers did a pretty good job shutting that down. One thing I noticed about Tua now, obviously um, as an Eagles fan, I'm not as familiar with like some AFC teams as I am with the NFC teams. When I watch Tua like take the, um, when he hikes the ball, he has this weird thing where he kind of like like moves around a lot before he's ready to throw the ball, and that's probably because he's left-handed, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd. But you know, watching a left-handed quarterback in a all right-handed league is is definitely yeah, interesting. Well, the Eagles used to have one, Mister Vick. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Tua and Herbert battled out, and Justin Herbert got the win yesterday. Uh, the Dolphins' next game is at Buffalo, so he yeah, has to be fun for them. And the Chargers' next game, they're going to host the struggling Tennessee Titans. All right, so for our next topic in the NFL, as we are getting near uh, break time, Tom Brady says that all options are on the table regarding his upcoming free agency. Aaron, will, ta- will Tom Brady stay with the Buccaneers, sign elsewhere, or retire? He's in season number three. With the Buccaneers, he'd be 46 next season. Um, you know, you're, you're in this weak NFC South division where pretty much the 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 Panthers or like the Saints could win this division at this are, point. Yeah. Anybody can win. Everybody's within two games of the Buccaneers. Um, would Tom Brady even leave? Do like the 49ers even want him at this point? What, what's your thoughts on that? I, you know, I would say that he would he would be done after this year completely. He'd just retire, but. You bring up a great point. I mean, I looked at this division right now, and I think if you're Brady, you have to figure that you probably have one more year of being pretty comfortable knowing that this division is yours to lose, right? Because Carolina, quarterback situation, who knows what's going on there? (laughs) They're starting Sam Darnold right now. Obviously, he won't be the answer for them long term. They've got Matt Corral there, but again, it's it's a project-type deal with the Panthers. And even if they go out and draft a rookie next year, unless he has like Mahomes' ability, <laughs> unless he has a crazy rookie season like that, they're not going to be. I don't think the true threat. The Panthers are not a, a terrible team by any stretch, um, and a, they are a quarterback away, a good quarterback away from being a pretty solid team. But I, I still think the Butts are more talented. Yeah, Atlanta Desmond Ritter um, is now the new starter, so we'll see what he has. I like him. Uh, so I think he'd be a pretty good quarterback. But again, is it going to be that point of a turnaround where you don't have a chance to win it next year? No. I mean, this division, like you said, Larry, is probably the weakest in the lead. So at 6-7 and seven right now, you're in first place. You're probably headed to the playoffs again if you're Brady. So he probably figures, look, if I come back for one more season, why can't this turn out the same way next year? And then I could go out with, with a bane potentially. I've got two shots now uh, at Denton and eighth. So... Like, if I, I I would say, and I want to say, you know, I want to say that Brady will be done. I don't think he, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think he will be. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's his time yet. Um, obviously, him getting a divorce from Giselle Bunchen. Um, ah, that's rough. I, yeah, I that mean, rough. 
he he I guess he's kind of turned it around because the beginning of the season <laughs> he looked horrible because he probably had like all that on his mind. So um, you know we'll see what happens. I think Brady m- might stay another year. Again, you're one game under 500 and you're winning the division right now. The Panthers, like you said, are in a free fall right now. The Falcons, uh, Mariota's pretty much out for the rest of the year, so yeah. no nobody cares about them anymore. And the Saints, the Eagles own the Saints right now because they got C.J. Gardner-Johnson and they have their first-round yeah. pick. So the Saints, the more they lose, the better the Eagles draft pick and who is. And who's going to be their quarterback next year? <laughs> nobody, no, nobody knows that. I mean, at least we Does have anybody any, want to be the quarterback? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, Andy Dalton seems to want to be, I guess. But yeah, Taysom not. Hill, maybe. Oh, yeah, Taysom Hill's always a good option, too. <laughs> All right, so we will go to a break real quick and then wrap up with our Monday Night Football preview and then a brief NBA segment. But first, let's check the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially while you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. You can download the My Inspira app to get started today. Inspira Health is a proud supporter of the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by our Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. All right, so we are in our NFL segment this week, and we're going to wrap up with our Monday Night Football preview. Before I do that, though, I'm just going to say what... The, a potential playoff bracket would look like as of right now. So the Eagles right now have the the would have the bye week in the NFC. It would be Giants at Vikings, Commanders at Niners, and Cowboys at Buccaneers. Cowboys Buccaneers are rivalry lately. And then in the AFC, the Bills would have the number one seed. And then in the wild card, it would be Chargers at Chiefs, Dolphins at Ravens, and Bengals at Titans. So a lot of good matchups there. All right, so let's get our Monday Night Football preview. Tonight, Patriots at Cardinals. Interesting matchup. Uh, New England with a win that would keep the, that would put them in third place in the AFC. However, they have the tiebreaker over the Jets. So that's why, um, although they both would be 7-6, and six, the Patriots would jump them. And then the Cardinals, a win for them would keep them in third place in the NFC West. Aaron, any thoughts on tonight's matchup? I mean, uh, these two have not seen each other since uh, November of 2020, and that was a Patriots home win, 2017. Um, any clear-cut predictions tonight? Uh, 
Well, I mean, I, there's some big implications for um, yours truly here with this game because, again, you're talking about the Patriots and the Jets. And also, uh, interesting note, my fantasy season basically <laughs> is on the shoulders of Martise Brown tonight because I lost my matchup this week. And basically, there's the, the two teams that are like right there in the playoff picture with me and a couple other guys are playing. And I need... Basically, Marquise Brown to get about 16 or 17 points tonight for um, one person to win, which would give me the tiebreaker over another person to get me into the playoffs. So it's a whole thing, but I'm pulling hard for the Cardinals and Marquise Brown tonight. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think they've got a pretty good chance um, because New England, although their defense is phenomenal, um, I think Arizona has, has a lot of talent on that side of the ball as well and you know I think that Kyler Murray with his legs adds an element um, where you know you're at home uh, the Patriots don't have the advantage of being up in you know frigid Foxborough where they can kind of control control the tempo of the game defensively up in the cold there you're in sunny Glendale indoors so it's going to be an environment maybe where you can argue that you know Matt Jones looks a bit better tonight um, because, you know, he's playing in warm temperature like he was used to in Alabama and maybe he'll get into a little bit of a rhythm. But I think with D-Hop back, I, I think this Cardinals offense might have the juice to um, match that Patriots D. And so I think they did a home win tonight. Although they are, you know, 4-8 and eight and they've lost two in a row here, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they get back into the win column. And, and really, the Patriots – you know, as much as I want them to lose, this may be their season because they dropped to six and seven. Like we were talking about, they're out of the playoff picture. Then they've got the Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills to finish it off. So, you know, this might be their last shot to hang around. That's here. two or three losses, right? Yeah. There. So, um, yeah. So some good points there. I think. Um, I think the Patriots could probably sneak a win now. I mean, Bill okay. Belichick. I think it'll be a close game. You know, in the face of adversity, game. we all know what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see what happens. And before we segue into our NBA um, section, uh, I think the Bills probably could clinch in the next few games. Chiefs looking uh, – the Chargers would have lost yesterday. They would have clinched their division. Uh, AFC North, that's going down to the wire between the Ravens and the Bengals. Um, the AFC South, the Jaguars whooped the Titans yesterday. That was pretty surprising. Yeah, like, they're was. only They're only separated by two games. The Titans are not playing very well right they now. They are pretenders. But they're going to win the – the division probably unless watch the, Jags, the watch the Jaguars. I would love that. Trevor Lawrence, man, yeah, he is really good. I, I'll tell you. I mean, all the hype about you know Justin Fields these last few weeks, who I love by the way. Justin Fields has quickly become one of my favorite players in the league, Larry. But man, Trevor Lawrence looks like the number one overall pick that he was. You know, everyone thought he would be. So. Yeah, um, yeah, some good points there, and then. Obviously, as we said, the uh, Christmas Eve battle between the Eagles and Cowboys will probably decide the division, even though the Eagles are two games ahead of the Cowboys and have a tiebreaker over them. Uh, The 49ers, had another win or so, they should wrap up the NFC West. Brock Purdy is him. Um, The NFC North, the Vikings somehow lost to the Lions yesterday. That would have given them... Lions are hot. The Vikings would have won the North yesterday, but somehow they have a minus one point differential. That's pretty hilarious. And then, as we said, the NFC South, uh, that division could get ugly. The Panthers, of all teams, 
are within one game of taking that division. And remember, they beat the Buccaneers earlier. That was a 21-3 whooping in Carolina. So, um, I mean, looking at the, the Panthers, their last four games versus Pittsburgh versus Detroit at Bucks at Saints. So, eh. They've got a shot. We'll see. What Sam happens. Darnold. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll see if I see Sam Darnold in a playoff game, I'm going to lose my marbles. <laughs> that oh, would be pretty man. hilarious, and I can't wait to see that group chat reaction. Oh, boy. All right, so before we go to our NBA segment, we got to check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after this brief message. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially while you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. You can download the My Inspira app to get started today. Inspira Health is a proud supporter of the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Aaron Hook, who is our Wednesday host. So before we get into our NBA segment, wake up with Rowan Radio for the early bird special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, and traffic, and of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the early bird special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, and also online at rowanradio.com. All right, so we're going to do one brief uh, story in the NBA, and then we'll get right into our top five. So at the end of the Pelicans-Suns game on Friday, and the Pelicans beat the Suns uh, two times in a row the last few days. The Pelicans have the number one seed in the West, by the way. Uh, so at the end of that game on Friday, Zion Williamson did a 360 dunk when the game was already decided. The Pelicans uh, were up by a few points. It was like a few seconds left, and he did a 360 dunk. However, some of the Phoenix players weren't exactly too happy about that, and obviously there's accusations of breaking the unwritten rules. So what I mean by that uh, is, you know, scoring when your team pretty much has already won. It's obviously not written, but it's kind of like, just don't do it. I remember as a Sixers fan, I remember uh, the Sixers and the Cavs faced off, I think it was 2018, Jordan Clarkson threw the ball at Dario Saric's back because Dario uh, scored with a few seconds left. Aaron, what are your thoughts on sports' like some of these unwritten rules 
do you think that you know they should be followed or is it something that like okay who cares well you know i think it's different for every sport we obviously saw in baseball a couple of years ago you know the tatis thing uh with the you know grand slam watching it fly all the bat flip stuff over the past couple of years has kind of you know raised some concern mostly from older fans really but that's baseball again this is the nba where most of the viewership are you know people our age younger people and so it was, yeah, like, you know, growing up playing basketball, it was always kind of a thing. It's like, you know, you if you're up by a good amount and the game is decided and you have the ball, you just dribble it out. But honestly, it's the NBA, man. I don't have a problem with it. Zion, we know how special he is. If he's in the open floor, it's like, why not put on a show? Honestly. Just kiss him goodbye. And the Pelicans honestly deserve it this year, man. I mean, they've put together a squad. They're the top team in the West. They're feeling themselves. And they just beat the Suns again over the weekend. So they've won seven in a row now, out of their last ten. Like, Larry, honestly, I'll be honest here. If I was on the Suns, I, I may have been a little upset, but I'm not. And so, you know what? I love it, man. I, Zion doing that, it's like an exclamation mark kind of. And for us as fans, I think it's honestly a good thing because that sparks a rivalry now between those two who seem destined to be, you know, two of the top seeds in the West this year. And, you know, maybe we'll see a potential playoff matchup at some point. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, the Suns beat the uh, Pelicans in the playoffs last year. That was a 4-2 to two, um, series victory for Phoenix. And I think the right, Suns yeah, are kind of getting on that. people's nerves uh, I know Devin Booker's uh, been accused of being a crybaby, and Chris Paul's a dirty player. Here's an interesting— Well, and then DeAndre Ayton, too, oh, you know, with yeah, the Patrick the... Beverly stuff. And like... he wanted to go to the Pacers and stuff. Yeah, but... and he he didn't play in that game seven when they were getting blown out against the— Ma Yeah, the Suns have got some stuff to figure out. Here's a weird thing in their schedule. So the Pelicans just defeated the Suns two, two games in a row in New Orleans. Their next two games are in Utah— and uh -huh. then on Saturday, guess what? They're at Phoenix. So <laughs> yeah, I, two, three dates with the Suns and two with the Jazz. Like, it's weird. What are they NBA doing? schedule is weird. Yes, it is. And I think I think it was because like COVID, they started scheduling doubles. Right. Um, yeah, back to back. So not as much traveling. Right. So let's go right to our top five. We'll keep with the NBA topic. So at this point in the season, name five fringe NBA teams that could be dangerous in the postseason. What I mean by fringe, teams that are like a 7 to 10 seed or okay. maybe just looking into the playoffs okay. that could sneak in. Not like the Celtics or the Pelicans. Right, yeah, 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 like yeah. teams that are like right there. Um, Aaron, uh, if you had an honorable mention, 1 to 5, 5 to 1, no order, go. Okay, no order here. Uh, I've got... A few out of the East. Uh, I've got Philly, who okay. right now is the five seed, fourteen and twelve. Okay. I think, you know, I, I just the book on that, Larry. As you know, they just need to get healthy. They've got Embiid back. They've got Harden back. Waiting on Matty still. So the Sixers depress me sometimes. Yeah. Well, we I, lost to the Rockets. I, I, under, I understand. <laughs> In two overtime. Rockets aren't as bad as you think, but yeah, you probably should have won that game. But look, the Sixers once they get fully healthy, I think they're always a threat. Although. I have been on the record saying, like, you know, their second round ends. It's it's what they've known to be. Still, they're they're a dang good team. I think they can make a little bit of noise if they get healthy. I've got Atlanta at number four, hmm. and then Trey Young and Dejounte uh, are good enough to win a playoff series on their own, and they've got a good supporting cast. Then I've got I've going five, six, and seven here in the seeds in the East. Then I've got Indiana, who's the seven seed right now. Really surprising. Love Tyrese Halliburton and their rookie, uh, Ben Matcherin, as well, out of Arizona. 
first round pick for them playing awesome. Pacers a surprise team this year. Yeah. And then I've got two out of the West. So I've got Portland, who's the sixth seed. Really like the Blazers this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their backcourt is awesome. Lillard and uh, Anthony Simons. Jeremy Grant has been terrific. Uh, Nurtic is a I liked him at the five. So Portland, I think, is a team that could maybe even win two playoff series, maybe get to the West Finals. Um, when you look at the teams at the top, I think they match up pretty well with all of them. So I've got them at at I just four out of my five spots, and then uh, I'm going to go with the LA Clippers, and they lead Kawhi back and fully healthy. Um, what is going on with him? Yeah, he's just he's just in and out. So if if they can figure that out, though. I've said for years at this point, ever since they got those two, I've been like on the Clippers train. I've been like the Clippers are are one of the better teams in the league. Uh, the two with uh, Kawhi and Paul George, I think, is just so perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if they can figure some stuff out and Kawhi gets right at the right time, I think the Clippers could definitely uh, make a, a run. I would say – don't be surprised if they get to a conference final too, really. I mean, even if they make the push for the NBA finals, I think the Clippers are still super talented. So, And did you have number one? I think that was five, right? I think I did have five. Right? Because I had the two out of the West and then the three in the East. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't, okay. I can't count. No, 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 no. You're fine. I, right. I honestly thought I only did four for a moment too, but I was like, wait. All right. So for my top five, I'll give an honorable mention. I will go with the Miami Heat. I don't know what's going on with them. They are tenth in the East with a twelve and fifteen record. So, um, you know, if Jimmy Butler made that shot in the conference finals last year, <laughs> they could have made it. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking because there was like sixteen seconds I left, know. and he was like, "Yeet!" And I was like, "What are you doing, bro?" <laughs> um, but good old Jimmy, former Sixer for like five minutes. Jimmy Buckets. Um, so I'll go with the Heat as my honorable mention. All right, so then my top five in order from five to one. I'll go with the Pacers. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton has turned it around for the Pacers, and they've been going up and down, but it's still early. So uh, Number four, I'll go with the Raptors. Toronto really uh, pushed the Sixers in the playoffs last year. I was getting really nervous that Doc Rivers was cooking up a first-round exit or something, but um, the, the Raptors, I think, could make some noise. Number three, the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis has been on a tear lately. And uh, LeBron, I saw like on a website or on Twitter or something the other day. Oh, we're starting to see LeBron's decline. I'm no. like, my dude, he's still averaging 25 a game. I honestly, I was very close to putting the Lakers in my top five. I, I just, I don't know. They're a, li- they're still a little too inconsistent for me. But AD and LeBron have been great. So yeah, so I'll put the Lakers at number three. Number two, uh, the Mavericks. I think Luka Doncic is going to be a problem for a long time, and. He dragged them to the conference finals last year. They lost to the Warriors, but I think uh, they should make a nice run this year. They're they're tenth right now, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. And number might be, one, he might be the MVP. Luka. Yeah, yeah. We'll and number one, I got the Warriors. They won the championship last year. They are the eighth seed right now. So they would, if the playoffs started right now, they would be at the Clippers in the play-in tournament. Oh, there we go for the seventh seed. One win and you're in. So my team against your team, man. Warriors and Clippers are number ones, huh? Okay, okay. Uh, we're Nets and Sixers here, obviously. Well, yeah, Christmas Day, twelve o'clock. Yeah, I think. I, so. You know, I'm I might be trying to get tickets to that game, so Ooh, you know, I'll, I'll, right, I'll, I'll right. send a nice little flick in the sports department <laughs> chat if I attend. Um, yeah. So the Warriors obviously have done a great job in um, this dynasty of theirs. Um, you know, minus those two years where Steph and Clay were injured, but. Um, I think that the Warriors are a fringe team that could make some noise. 
All right, so that's going to wrap us up for this short edition of Offside for today. I'd like to thank Aaron Hook for joining me, and you can join him on Wednesdays um, as he hosts Offsides, Wednesdays 5 to 6, and Aaron, um, I'm sorry, Danny Ryan, our sports director, on Fridays, um, same time, same place. So that will wrap us up for today. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.